You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to give you a quick announcement about a two-day intensive that Cindy is hosting in Tampa, Florida on September 16th and 17th. Are you an entrepreneur who is looking for spiritual and professional guidance from an experienced faith-based coach? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but aren't sure where to start? Do you have big goals, but need help developing a strategic plan? This class could be the catalyst for a lifestyle shift that will affect every area of your life, including your family, your business, and most importantly, increasing your experience of oneness with God. Spots for this event are limited and early bird pricing starts June 1st. You'll want to go to cindy-stewart.com to get more information and get registered for this event today. Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. We're going to talk about Pentecost, because today is Pentecost. Did anybody remember that? Yes. Yeah, we're going to talk about fire. I posted on my Facebook, I got it from somebody else. I dare to say that Pentecost is intended, is the intended norm of Christianity. Reinhard Bunke. It's the intended norm of Christianity. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I, I'm, I want to um, tell you a dream. First, I had a dream. Uh, I dreamed last night about uh, communion. So we had communion this morning. But I also dreamed about the Holy Spirit stopping us from stepping into a place that was dangerous. And... Um, and the whole content of the dream was about we're, we're helping people, we're helping them have breakthrough. That was what the dream was about. We're helping them succeed and get to where they're supposed to be. And in the dream, uh, we had helped them and they invited Chuck and I to go out on their big boat. Well, I don't mind boats. I don't love them, but I don't mind them. And, but when I started to step I saw that the boat was filled with alcohol. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, it is dangerous, do not step. And even, it was almost like a uh, plexiglass barrier was put between, uh, Chuck and I were standing together, us and the water and the boat. And this doesn't have to do with alcohol or the boat or anything like that. But what I feel like God is saying is that there are going to be uh, uh, times where you're caught up in the momentum of success with other people. And in that momentum of success, they're going to invite you to step into something that would take you into an area against God. And you will feel the Holy ski sk Skillet. <laughs> I know y'all been cooking. <laughs> That's what it, you will feel the Holy Spirit begin to buffet 
you, not allow you to step in. It would actually take a force from your physical body to step through the protection the Holy Spirit's going to give you. But don't get caught up in the moment of success with others. Get caught up in the direction of the Holy Spirit to protect you from taking that one step that will take you out of step with what he has for you. So that was the dream last night. So I felt like that was just a heads up for all of us that we are called to be people that bring success to others by what we do, how we serve, how we work, but we don't want to get caught up in what they consider the celebration of success is versus what the Holy Spirit considers the celebration of success. Amen. Uh, so that was a word for us this morning. This morning, I, uh, like I said, I'm, I want to talk about Pentecost, but I want to talk about it in comparison to Elijah and Elisha and the transferring of the mantle and Jesus and his ascension and the transferring of the mantle. So we're going to start in 2 Kings 2, and we can start there. And we're going to read a little. So hang on. We got, oh, we got plenty of time. Okay, I'm good. Sometimes I don't know what time it is because I just see the Holy Spirit moving and then I think... But we're just going to go till he gets done, and uh, then we're going to eat. So be ready to, for some good food. We got some good food. And if you didn't bring anything, don't worry about it. We always have plenty. God's the multiplier. So we're going to start at 2 Kings uh, 2, and I'm, we're just going to read through verse 13. And I'm going to stop on a few places and just point them out to you, that which I feel like the Holy Spirit has highlighted for me. So 2 Kings 2, 1. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elisha into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went to Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. So we, I want to point this out. We have to understand even what we did right after worship, we have to understand contention. We have to understand that when we are going after something whether it for Elijah, he, he is the mentor and he tells Elisha, you can stay back because I'm going to go on. Well, when God has something for us, we can't stay back. We have to go after it. We have to learn that we are not passive people. We are passionate, fire burning people that are going after what God has for us. And if Elisha would have stayed back, he would have never gotten what God had for him. And, you know, it's interesting because you think about, well, he was the leader and we're supposed to obey the leader. And, you know, we've got all this uh, religious stuff mixed up in it. But there's a difference in being tested in the hunger that we have for something and being passive and just sitting back and letting the opportunity, the anointing, the power of God pass us by. And when we are passive and when we sit back and file our nails and think, well, they told me just to sit here, then we're going to miss the move of God. Right. The only way we're going to keep in the move of God is where we grab a hold and we don't let go until we get what God is doing and we are able to take it, release it and uh, give the anointing to others. We have to understand Christianity is not a passive anointing. 
It's one that takes crying. It's one that takes knees burning. It's one that takes declaring. It's one that takes demanding. It's one that takes grabbing a hold and not letting go until God has released all that he has promised you. Amen. Amen. And that's first one. So we got 12 more to go and a few more. But I want us to understand, I want a breaking open for us. You know, I have someone, I have several people who tell me this. You push me out of your comfort zone. For me, I think it's no big deal. But for them, it's out of their comfort zone. But that's what I'm supposed to do. I am supposed to push you into the anointing, into the calling, into the destiny. I am not doing what God has anointed me to do if I let you step back when you should be stepping in. I'm serious. This is serious. We're in a serious time right now. And we've got to have someone that's willing. I got people who, who stand behind me and keep their thumb in my back pushing me. And I'm like, I, I, I'm not really sure about this. But, but I know that push is the anointing of the Holy Spirit not letting me step back. Not letting me step back. I've told you guys, I'm determined to live to 120. And as Karen says, I'm not going crawling. I'm going to go standing up and jumping up and down. And God's going to say, we're done, honey. Come on. <laughs> and he's going to have to pull me out because I am determined to get all that God has. And I'm determined that everyone within the sound of my voice, within the hovering of my covering is going to get it too. And if you don't want it, you're going to get it anyhow. And if you really don't want it, you won't stay. Because we're called to be a movement, not just a flash in the pan. We're, we're called to shake the heavens and the earth. What we did for five minutes in prayer and worship, in just that little time of declaring, that was a earth shaker because heaven responded to what we were crying out, what we were praying in tongues for, what we were declaring, what we were saying, what we've been standing and contending for. So understand that God loves our passion. He loves our persistence. He loves our unwillingness to just accept where we are because we know there's more. Yes, it is true. Uh, verse 3. Oh, we made it through verse 2. Okay. Now the sons of the prophet who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Did you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? From over you today. And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Point 2. There will be people within the body that will try to stop you from going forward because they don't understand what God has called you to do. There will be people that'll say, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. I shared with you last week, someone said, you're too old to have a TV show. And I was 20 years younger. So there will be people who will try to discourage you in order to protect you from getting hurt, order to protect you from risking too much, order to keep you in their little bubble of understanding. When God has broken that bubble for you, because he has a greater step for you. And it's nothing against them, but you have to understand who you're listening to. And you cannot have people holding on to your coattail, trying to hold you back because they feel like you should be doing something different. They feel like what you're about to do is crazy. Well, sometimes crazy looks like God. 
Sometimes trying to save a whole island looks like God, right? You know, we need to understand that God's call on our life, I saw this, on, I saw this somewhere, was not a conference call. It wasn't a conference call. He didn't get 50 of your closest friend and say, let's talk about whether she can do this or not. He said, the anointing of the Lord is on you to go out and preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to break the oppression the demonic has on others, to change your family. The anointing of the Lord is on you. And other people may not see it. I was in a Presbyterian church for 18 years. And then when I preached, there were men who would not come because I was a woman. They could not see the anointing of the Lord on me. All they could see was their box was being challenged. And I had to go through a lot of heart and word and mentoring. God, am I not supposed to preach? And he said, yes, you're supposed to preach. You're supposed to preach the gospel. And then I had to deal with them. Because them was my family. You know, your church is your family, but not everybody in the family is for you. I don't know if that was a good word or not, but (laughs) because we all are a flesh and we all need some transfer. But really, it's true because we don't always understand what God is doing in someone's life. You have to walk with them. You have to pray with them. You have to contend for them. And God will make you uh, aligned with what God's calling you. Uh, when I met Karen 20-something years ago, uh, this is, I'm going to tell this funny story. She doesn't mind. I've told it a few times. So she had hair down to here. And she, it, it hid her. I could not see her. I didn't, I didn't actually know her. And I was up sharing my testimony at church. And I said, yeah, I'm going to this healing conference and um, she comes up after she says, uh, Lord wants me to go with you. I'm like, I don't even know you. I'm not even sure I know your name. I was like, I don't know. So I said, well, I, I didn't know what to do. So I said, okay. When you don't know what to do, I just said, okay. So I had a big suburban because I had kids and all that back then. And I go to pick her up. She fills my suburban, fills it fills it. I mean, to the brim. We had coolers. We had food. We had clothes. We had blankets. We had pillows. I was like, we're staying in a hotel, you know, right? (laughs) I I don't do camping. And she's like, that's okay. She's allergic to everything. So we go up there and um, God begins to heal her of all the things she's allergic of. Begins to take every demonic attack against her so by the time we left, she was able to actually eat the food there. Because used to, we could only eat at Waffle House or Cracker Barrel. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck would have been happy. <laughs> but, you know, when we go beyond what is comfortable, God will meet us, break through for us, and, and set us in a position that we are able to step into the next realm. And that wasn't even my point. My point was, um, I lost it. Okay, I may have to just move on. Uh, oh, my point was, I was going somewhere and she sends me this note. And she says, um, it was Jonathan said to David, what was it? The, uh, my heart. Oh, 
She said, and this, I don't even know her that well. She says, I just want you to know, the Lord said, like Jonathan and David, our hearts are knitted together. And I'm like, I don't really know what to do with that. <laughs> so I stuck it in my Bible and I was like, thank you. But you know what? She was right. And for 25 years almost, we have contended together. We have built prayer ministries. We have been translated by the Spirit in, a, in cars a bunch of times. I mean, you know, she has become that person that stands behind me and goes, you can do that. You better get going. She calls me up and bosses me around all the time. I'm serious. I'm serious. You need to do this. I, she te she's texting me this morning. Listen to this. Start at 1.49. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to prepare for a sermon. But, you know, God will knit people to you that will be for you that can understand beyond where you're supposed to go. Then you'll have those people that will come against you because they aren't knitted to you. And it's not that their heart is hard. It's not. It's just that they're not your people. The 50 prophets that were trying to stop Elisha, they weren't his people, even though they were in the same company. And you have to know who is for you. Who has God put to contend with you, for you, that will get up at four in the morning and intercede for you, that will pray for you while you're traveling across the world. You got to know who's for you, right? That is a good word. Um, verse 4, it said, Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. So Elijah continues to try to temper Elisha's zeal. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And then we go through this process several more times with the sons of the prophets and, Eli and Elijah and Elisha. It's a, it's a circle of conditions that continue to go on. But we skip down. I'm going to skip down a little bit. Uh, we're going to skip down to verse 9. It says, and so it was when they had crossed. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let me go to verse 8. Now, Elijah took his mantle, which we're going to talk about in a minute, rolled it up and struck the water. And it divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry land. You know that we're in that crossing over season. That where it looked like it was impossible, there is a drying up of the impossibility so you can cross over. That is prophetic, that you are in that crossing over season. And I have preached on this a couple of times, how God is pushing you to, to step into an area of risk that is way beyond what you ever thought you would do, number one. Number two, that you would ever be comfortable doing. But number three, that you're totally anointed and prepared and positioned in this season to do. So we have to remember, this is a crossing over season for us, for all of us. You just got to decide, do I want to go? And part of the challenge that we're facing right now is the inaction to the call. It is the inaction. It is the meandering in our minds. Was that really God? It is the meandering in our minds all the things that we don't have that prevent us from being able to do it. It is the meandering in our minds that invites the 
demonic to continue to exacerbate what we're already afraid to step into. So you have to say, God, I'm crossing over with you. And once you say it out of your mouth, you will find yourself stepping in to what he's called you to do. But first you have to come into agreement. And part of the agreement is not here, it's in the mouth. When we say it with our mouth, our actions will follow. So keep that in mind. Verse 9, and so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? How many ask the Lord what you want? How many say, Lord, we don't say it just once. I, 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 I tell the Lord all the time what I want. And it's not that he forgets, but it keeps the fire in me alive for what he's called me to do or what I'm desperate to have. We talked about it earlier. I'm desperate to see people healed. I am desperate for everyone in here to be 100%. Amen. And I am not settling for anything less than 100%. And I have told God, I call out your names and I'm like, Lord, nothing but 100%. Nothing but 100%. I know some of you have children that are on the edge. I'm like, I am calling them in because I am agreeing with your word that says they're serving you so their children and their children's children will too. I am not letting go until I get 100%. And God doesn't say to me, you're bugging me. <laughs> or your prayers aren't important enough to me. He says, keep coming. I'm releasing. Keep coming. I'm releasing. I am not letting go. And Elisha, said, Elisha says, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. You know, that double portion, I looked up the word double, it actually means double. <laughs> well, you know, in the Hebrew, you never know. I've looked at words before and I've been like, I wouldn't have known that. But the word portion means pay, which means mouth. So he wants double the anointing as a prophet, what comes out of his mouth, but double that anointing that as he declares, it is activated and manifested right there. And if you go on to study, Elijah did so many miracles and Elisha did double the amount. But we need to go after God, what comes out of my mouth. I want that Samuel anointing that what comes out of my mouth hits heaven and is activated right then. That not one word out of my mouth will fall to the ground. That every word that proceeds from my mouth will be activated. That's what I'm contending for. In addition, God edit me. Because, you know, I want my thoughts and my mind, my spirit to be aligned with God. And I haven't yet arrived yet. So, you know, there are times where it's not, but I, I want to have such a clarity and a oneness with God. I want all of us to do that. I want us to be able to drive down the street and see something about to happen and just say no in the name of Jesus. That wreck won't happen. Protect that. I do that all the time. I'll see those motorcycle guys driving between two sets of cars. I'm like, God, just put a hedge around them because we want him protected. We do not want him harmed. So we want 
what comes out of our mouth to activate heaven on our behalf and be manifested right there. So that double portion, remember what comes out of your mouth, guys. Verse 10, so he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken away from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be. (laughs) Think about that for Elisha. The answer to his request was he just had to stick like glue to Elijah. He could not let him out of his sight. Is your vision that tangible where it's just not away from your sight? Whenever I see somebody walking down the street that needs healing, if I'm driving, I'm like, they need healing, Jesus. I can't stop right now, but I'm just declaring healing over them. They'll come to find out it's you. I don't have to stop and, and wave my arms around them. So what is, what is burning inside of you that's a, such a vision inside of you all the time that you want more of God? Oh, verse 11. So what that says, yes. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and horsemen. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, where is the God of Elijah? And when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Elijah took what he had asked for by way of the mantle and activated it by doing what Elijah had just done earlier so they could cross over. You have to activate what God has given you. And I want to talk about the mantle for just a second. A mantle is a garment or cloak in the Old Testament. Um, And it represents, when we talk about it, it represents God and the calling and the anointing and all that. But out of the Book of Mysteries by Jonathan Kahn, I want to read this. Uh, It's a Adarnit means large, big, great, wide, powerful, excellent, noble. This is the definition of mantle, mighty and glorious. You see the mantle is bigger and greater than the one it's been given to. And so too is it with you. What you are carrying in the anointing of God is so big, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you can wear. It's bigger than everything that you are, but God is calling us to grow into it. And Elisha had to grow into what he received from Elijah. Now let's skip over to Acts 1, because we're going to talk about this in terms of Jesus and Pentecost. We're going to start in uh, verse uh, 4, Acts 1. Now think about this. We're talking about The mantle of Jesus. We saw the demonstration in the Old Testament. We know that Moses gave his mantle to Joshua. You know, we know that mantles were passed. We saw Elijah give his mantle to Elisha. Now I'm talking about the mantle of Jesus Christ. What he carried for us, right? 
And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Not many days from now. And they did what he told them to. It said, verse 9, And when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And when they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who said, uh, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will, will so come in a like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And then let's skip over to Acts 2. So they waited. They, they stayed in that place. I just want to, I think I want to read one of the scripture. 14, I think is what I want to read. Yes, they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So they did what Jesus told them to do. They waited. And verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all one accord in one place. All Oh, sorry. And suddenly they came a sound from heaven as a as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. So as Elisha got the double portion of the spirit of Elijah's spirit, we got the full portion of the Holy Spirit. That was transferred to us. When Jesus ascended and the outpouring of the spirit came, the outpouring came to all. And we got all of the outpouring. We just didn't get Elisha portion. We just didn't get a Moses portion. We didn't get an Abraham portion. We got the full portion of Jesus poured into us, not only infilling us, but giving us the dunamis power to move in signs and wonders and miracles. We have it all. But like I read that definition, it's bigger than anything we can understand. But we are slowly growing up to wear the mantle that God has given us. The Holy Spirit poured out on us. And if you think about where you were a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, you've definitely grown in power and anointing and, and in the position that God has given you. And that growing will continue as long as you continue to contend and have that passionate fire that's unwilling to take where you are as the end, but only where God has for you to be the end of the road. We are operating, you know, they, they used to say, which is actually not true, but that uh, we only use a certain portion of our brain. But uh, are we operating at the full portion of the Holy Spirit that he's given us for this season? And that would be a question to ask the Holy Spirit. Am I operating in fullness with you? Or am I in and out? Am I 
not risking? What am I doing, Holy Spirit? Because if we're all operating at 100% of the mantle that we can carry right now until we grow into that next level, then we're going to see the things that God has for us in a way that we've never seen before. And I can tell you right now, I know I'm not operating at 100%. But I am contending for that 100% for the season that I am because I know I've got room to grow. I know I have more that God wants to give me. I know that I want to be able to walk down the street and my shadow will heal. It will kill the demonic. It will resurrect cities. That's what I want. When I read stuff, I'm like, why not me? Why not now? I am just not willing to to live something less than what's already been shown me. And God's showing us even more that's not even in the word, but we can validate through the word. I remember the first time we got translated, uh, we were going up to North Carolina and uh, we're going on one of these crazy trips, these crazy Holy Spirit trips uh, to Morningstar. They were always crazy. Uh, but we were going and we got translated. We couldn't figure out how we got there. First of all, we could, I was driving because she drives like 10 miles an hour. I always tell her, I always say, if Karen's driving, we will never get there. I'm learning to drive the speed limit. Uh, but we, first of all, we could not, I could not even figure out where we were. I knew where we were wasn't where I just was, but I didn't know where I was. It, 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 what it does is it, uh, it, yeah, it, it unravels because you hear you are, you're driving, you see it's the exit, whatever, 123. And the next thing you know, yeah, you're there and you're like, there's no way I can be there. Cause first of all, there's not enough time to get me there. There's not enough miles to get me there. I'm just there. And so we didn't talk about it because it was too weird. It's too weird. And then the next time we did talk about it, we're like, you see that now every time we're like, come on, God, just translate me. Somebody said, you know, that once you've been translated, you can instantly call it. Well, I've tried it. If you can do it, I can't, you know, God just does it when he's done. Then Chuck and I were going to Tennessee and he was so tired. He's, I was like, you sleep, I'll drive. We just started. And he woke up and he said, where are we? And I told him, he said, it's impossible. (laughs) So he just went back to sleep. Holy Spirit just knocked him back out. He says, you know, but God told me, he said, if you will worship me while you're driving, I will show you how I translate and I will translate you. I'm like, okay, bring it, bring it. You know, whatever he wants, I am going to try it. And uh, I've tried some crazy things. I've told you, I've tried walking on water a few times. I haven't quite got that down, but you know what? There's, there's something childlike about believing what the word of God says and trying it and getting that nudge from the spirit and saying, I'm going for it. God, you know, catch me. (laughs) I don't know if that's faith or not. I don't know, but I just, I want all. And the Holy Spirit has poured out on us, in us, empowered us so we can have it all. And if we don't have it all, and that's why I tell the Lord, if I'm not having the breakthrough I need, then show me because it's on my side, not yours. It's on the demonic side. Show me. Do I need to, you know, fight my battle? I don't know. But I want 
the fluidity of the Holy Spirit to come through me, to come through all of us, where we are known as the church that carries the presence of God, which we are known as that. When people come, they're like, when I walk in the door, the presence is so heavy. I, I've never experienced it like that. So, but I want not only to be known as the presence, but also to be known as healing, miracles, signs, wonders, families coming home. We have so many testimonies of children who have come home, adult children, one of them, actually two of them, it's the same family. They had not seen their kids in over 15 years, 19 years. Karen's the She has the correct information. If you want anything that I've said as a testimony, you want the exact, she's got it. She's got it. But, uh, and suddenly within the same week, they both call their dad and say, I want to get together. We have a breaker anointing on that. We have a breaker anointing on finances. We've seen so many people healed, but it's not enough. I want everybody healed of everything. Because yes. that's what the word says. Hallelujah. And people will contend with you about that. They will explain to you why. I went to a class one time and they explained to me why. The seven reasons why you can't get healed. I'm like, what does the word say? That's like Matt talking about the Methodists. I have a, um, a client that's uh, a Methodist pastor. They, they said, what would you advise? Because we went through, through the Presbyterian church. I said, teach them what the word says. Yeah. They can choose to believe or not. But the fact is, if the word says it, then that's what we stand on. Whether we understand it, I don't understand a lot of things that are going on. But what I do is I take the word and I lay it across what I don't understand and trust God to take care of it for me. Because there's things I don't always have to have the answer for. You got a question back there? (laughs) He's showing me his thing. But I just think God is good and he wants to give us more. So we're going to pray for more this morning. And uh, I know we prayed already, but we're going to pray again. Never hurts to pray. But what we're going to ask for is a greater filling of the spirit. That this this huge, enormous, beautiful mantle that he's put on each one of us and that he's put on his body as a whole. That we are growing into every day. That we'll step into a fuller. Oneness with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come fill us. Fill us, Lord. We're just asking you to come through. And if there's anything that, uh, that is chaos in our mind, we're asking that peace be released. Lord, if there's anything that uh, we've set aside because we didn't think it was you, but it was you, just resurrect it. Just resurrect it for us. It's the simplicity of our childlike heart to confess our mistake and let you bring the resurrection out of it. So God, restore and resurrect those things, Lord. And we are asking as a body and as our church family online, we're just asking you to make us greater and more powerful and to be people of demarcation for wherever we live, wherever our sphere of influence is. We call forth our children. 
to walk in oneness with you. We call forth our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren, Lord, in the generations to come. We call forth our nation to be saved in a day. Lord, we call forth the words of our mouth to be activated by heaven, Lord. God, we just thank you that there's financial breakthroughs, that we carry a breaker anointing in finances and family, in healing, Lord, in prophecy, Lord. And we want uh, to call uh, an anointing of evangelism out and a shaking of those that don't even know your name. That Job said, I've heard but now I see, God, that they will see. And Lord, we just thank you for this Pentecost. We thank you for just us being together and celebrating you. And we thank you that we will see evidence of your move over our prayers when we leave. And even the word out of uh, Kings that says, by this time tomorrow, there will be breakthrough in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.